The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of CHRI Radio. Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. The month of June is declared Gay Pride Month throughout the world. There are activities and parades in many cities in Canada, the United States, and throughout the world. This morning, I want to speak about gay pride and about some of the tensions that arise from our biblical origins and the secular observance of this day in honor of the civil rights of members of the gay, lesbian, and transgender community. In the 1950s and 60s, the United States was, according to many, an extremely repressive legal and social period for LGBT people. In this context, American homophile organizations such as the Daughters of Bilitis and the Machine Society coordinated some of the earliest demonstrations of the modern LGBT movements. These two organizations in particular carried out pickets called annual reminders to inform and remind Americans that LGBT people did not receive basic civil rights and protections. Annual reminders began in 1965 and took place each July 4th at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. But how did we move to June as the month to observe and celebrate gay pride? Well, it goes back to an event on June 28th in 1969. Early on the morning of Saturday, June 28th, 1969, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning persons rioted following a police raid on the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar on Christopher Street in Greenwich Village, Manhattan, New York City. This riot became, and the protests that followed the riot, became a watershed moment in modern civil rights for the LGBT community. And it served as the impetus for organizing LGBT pride marches on a much later scale. There is a long history about the impact of the Stonewall riots, but suffice it to say that it was the turning point for the LGBT community and their public proclamation that they would no longer silently accept second-class citizenship in a legal manner. Now, for our purposes on Jewish faith and Jewish facts, 
the question is, what should we do in order to support the civil rights of members of the LGBT community when chapters 18 and 20 of Leviticus, which form part of the Holiness Code and list prohibited forms of sexual behavior, include the verses, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman, it is an abomination. Chapter 18, verse 22. Chapter 20, verse 13. If a man lies with a male as a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. These surely shall be put to death. Their blood is upon them. These two verses and others have historically been interpreted by Jews and many Christian communities as clear overall prohibitions against homosexual acts in general. However, more recent biblical interpretations focus on the context as part of the holiness code, a code of purity meant to distinguish the behavior of Israelites from polytheistic Canaanites. The Jewish prophets... Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Zephaniah refer vaguely to the sin of Sodom, where Sodom became synonymous with homosexual and non-procreative sexual acts when they said, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, Abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. The Talmudic tradition, as written between 370 and 500 of the Common Era, also interprets the sin of Sodom as a lack of charity with the attempted rape of the angels being a manifestation of the city's violation of the social order of hospitality. As does Matthew 10, 14 and 15, when he tells his disciples that the punishment for houses or towns that will not welcome them will be worse than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. By the end of the first century of the Common Era, Jews commonly identified the misdeeds of Sodom with homosexual practice. Yet, throughout the uh, texts, the relationship between David and Jonathan in the books of Samuel have been interpreted often that there was a questionable nature of their behavior. Um. It says in the book of Samuel 18.1, And it came to pass when he made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And in Samuel 1.26, David says, I am distressed for thee, my brother. Very pleasant has thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of a woman. 
And according to some biblical scholars, the story of Ruth and Naomi in the book of Ruth is occasionally interpreted as the story of women love. So how does Jewish tradition square, and of course, with some Christian traditions, with our desire to uh, support members of the gay, lesbian, and transgender community? And should we be, as people of faith, participating in gay pride events? With me this morning to discuss this is Richard Richard Marceau, who is the Vice President, External Affairs and General Counsel at the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs in Canada. Among his responsibilities are outreach to different groups making up the Canadian mosaic, including the LGBTQ2 community. He has been a member of Parliament between 1997 and 2006. He wrote a book entitled uh, Quebec Chew, which was awarded the Helen and Stan Vine Canadian Jewish Book Award in 2011. And he edited with Rabbi Abe Adam Shire, the trilingual Canadian Haggadah Canadian. Uh, good morning, Richard. Welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Good morning, Rabbi. It's a pleasure to have you with me this morning to uh, chat about this interesting topic. And I want to begin by asking you to share with our listeners why your organization, which is known among the Jewish community primarily as an organization which promotes uh, support and understanding for the state of Israel, is so involved in issues related to the civil liberties for the LGBT community as well as other communities. Well, um, Rabbi, it's a pleasure to, to speak to you this morning, and it actually takes me back to the first time you and I met. Uh, at the time, I was a member of Parliament, you will recall, and you had come to, uh, to the Hill, to Parliament, um, during the debate on same-sex marriage, and you were the spokesperson, quite eloquent, if I may say so, uh, for the uh, Coalition of Liberal Rabbis for Same-Sex Marriage. That is the first time we met, and my commitment to human rights has not changed. Uh, the organization now uh, for which I, I work, CJA, is, yes, a pro-Israel organization, but it is important for, our, for you and our listeners to, to hear that we half of our work is, is Israel-related, half of it, if not more, is actually domestic related and one of the uh, one of the most important issues that we work on is 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 human rights uh, and and for me as well as for Sija uh, LGBTQ plus rights are human rights and that is why we have been involved in this file for quite a long time and in fact one of our predecessor organizations the Canadian Jewish Congress which folded uh, into Sija was already active in that file uh, before CJ was created. So it's a continuation of, um, of uh, human rights um, commitment that we're, that we're doing. Well, I certainly can appreciate that, and I certainly understand 
how, from a, a liberal uh, religious perspective, human rights <clears throat> are uh, vital and important. But inasmuch as your organization represents uh, the totality of the Jewish community, and there are uh, aspects and parts of the Jewish community that might not feel as uh, comfortable uh, supporting human rights for uh, individuals for whom they believe the Torah and Jewish texts are not supportive. How does your organization uh, communicate its responsibilities to the totality of the Jewish community? Well, we're, we're the representative of the organized Jewish community, and, and you and I know the, the old joke, two Jews, three opinions. So it, it is impossible to represent the totality of, of, of Jews in Canada. Now, as you correctly pointed out, uh, the liberal streams of Judaism uh, have not only uh, been or, or ordaining uh, gay rabbis, queer rabbis, but also performing same-sex marriage. Uh, and, and in, in, in Ottawa, uh, you know, your own synagogue will soon have will soon install a queer rabbi. Uh, the Reconstructionist synagogue has a a queer uh, rabbi, and the conservative, but only in Judaism will something conservative be a liberal. But the conservative <laughs> synagogue has uh, has been hosting. Uh, Shabbat Pride dinners for the last two, three years, and is performing same-sex marriage. So you're correct to say that on, on the liberal side or non-Orthodox side of the religious Jewish spectrum, uh, it, it is not an issue. Now, two more things that need to be said. First is that Sija is not a religious organization, nor do we purpose, nor do we want to be. And two, I, I would take. I would challenge you a bit on, on you know, some Jews would, would be, when you said that some Jews would be uncomfortable with the human rights side of, of, gay, uh, of gay marriages or, or gay rights. Many Orthodox Jews that I, that I know, even though they're fully Torah observant, would say, yes, uh, in our synagogue, we would not marry two men or two women. Uh, at the same time, as uh, as a human rights, not as religious rights, but as a civil law as opposed to Jewish law or halacha, uh, we're quite willing to support it. And as you know, the, the, the expression Judaism, dina malchuta dina, which is the law of the land is the law, uh, I, I don't remember meeting personally, and I meet a lot of Jews across the country, a Jew who would say, you guys should not, you should not support human rights. Now, again, it is a difference between civil, civil law outside of a synagogue and inside, uh, but uh, that the uh, religious freedom is also an important human rights. And, and I, I will take you back to the time when I was in Parliament and I was fighting for same-sex marriage. Um, there was one amendment that was that was tabled to the bill. I uh, tabled. It was voted. I wrote it with the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, and it was an, a, 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 uh, a clear uh, 
a clear statement that said that no church, mosque, synagogue, temple, etc., would would lose any uh, any legal benefit from from refusing to vote to uh, perform same-sex marriage because the law was about civil marriage, was not about religious marriage, and having a separate or different understanding of what marriage is is also protected by by uh, by the charter by by human rights legislation in Canada um so from from not from a religious jewish legal perspective but from a civil perspective uh CJ is quite comfortable not only com- comfortable but enthusiastic about supporting the rights uh and dignity of our lgbtq so uh, the organization system. is making a significant uh statement that um, the Jewish community lives within both a religious and a secular world, and that in the secular world, it supports the human rights of all members of society. But in the religious world, those who wish to um, use traditional understandings um, are allowed to either... Um, reject uh, people by basis of their sexual orientation or reject them for purposes of marriage. And I would suppose that perhaps there are synagogue churches and mosques that would reject people as prayer leaders if they were public about their uh, orientation. But your organization is comfortable with doing that. Well, I wouldn't put it that way in a sense that, you know, religious traditions have um, things that sometimes other people would feel uncomfortable with. For example, uh, many churches would not ordain women religious leaders. Now, is this discrimination as widely understood uh, nowadays? Some might might argue uh, yes. However, is that protected by religious freedom? By the, by by a, absolutely by the concept of religious freedom? Absolutely. Synagogues, many synagogues, most synagogues, in fact, would not marry a Jew and a non-Jew. Now, is that discrimination uh, on the face of it? Yes. Is would that be protected by uh, by religious freedom? Yes. So in a society that is so diverse, that it's becoming more and more diverse, we have to be accepting not only of, of people's religious beliefs, but also of people's human rights. And that is a, a balancing act that, that will have to take place, that is already taking place, and will have to be taking place more and more now. Going back to your original question, is CJ comfortable defending the rights of our LGBTQ uh, fellow citizens? Absolutely. Um, and I, I personally, and I'm vice president of the organization, walked in I don't know how many prides across the country. Uh, I, I fought for uh, the human rights of, our, of the LGBTQ plus community for many, many years, and I intend to continue doing that, uh, not only on a personal basis, but as, as a professional basis, and I'll go even further in here speaking strictly on my own understanding of my own tradition, which is, as you know, Judaism, uh, I'm called to do that uh, as per my understanding of Judaism. I, I appreciate that, and I hope our listeners do. And you've um, clearly outlined um, a perspective 
that may not exist in all countries. We only have to look uh, south of the border from Canada to see where um, issues that we might think are human rights issues are still being debated within religious communities and whether religious communities have um, the uh, right to impose their religious beliefs on the civil rights of others. Um, and we're lucky in Canada that that doesn't appear to be a significant issue. But one of the issues that has emerged um, as uh, Pride Month and Pride Parades have expanded is who is allowed to participate in uh, Pride events. Um, a few years ago, the Toronto Pride event, which may be the largest parade in Canada, um, determined that it did not want uh, police officers in uniform to participate. And they had a variety of reasons. We've seen in the United States, and I'm not sure whether it's happened yet in Canada, that certain pride parades do not want uh, Jewish organizations to have uh, the flag of Israel uh, displayed in their, uh, amongst their marchers. Um, and in some communities, uh, any acknowledgement that the Jewish community is supportive of Israel is frowned upon. So I wanted to know if there is a tension there between supporting LBGTQ um, pride activities um, on, our, on, our, on our commitment to civil rights and civil uh, equality and our uh, desire as a religious community to support the right of Israel to exist as a Jewish state. And how do we deal and how does your organization deal with those members of the organized uh, LBGT community, which seem to be opposed to acknowledging uh, Israel's right and the Jewish community's right to be supportive of Israel, which, by the way, has a large uh, pride parade in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem um, every year. Right. So, um, so there are many. You're making many points. The the. We've seen uh, in the U.S. in some in some instances um, radicals within the LGBTQ plus community trying to exclude Jews or or asking them to leave part of their identity at the door. Basically, people supposedly fighting for diversity and you know their flag is is is, is a symbol of diversity are asking other people to leave part of their identity at the door before they can participate in a discussion, which to me is unacceptable. And it led to uh, last year the Chicago Dyke, Dyke March forbidding not only the the Israel flag, but any flag with a Star of David on it to uh, to be flown during during the march. And here we're talking about the uh, rainbow flag with Star of David. Uh, we saw this this year at the Washington Dyke March, where there was an attempt again to do that, asking LGBTQ Jews to leave out this, one of the symbols of their identity, which is the Magen David, the Star of David, which is to me unacceptable. In Canada, we're in a different place, thankfully. 
um, two or three years ago in Halifax. There was an attempt to do that, uh, and it did not work out. There was a special uh, AGM uh, of Halifax Pride, and that kind of thinking was defeated. And in fact, uh, in Canada now, CJA organizes with local Jewish communities um, Shabbat Pride dinners across the country. So we are we are holding eight this year, including one in Ottawa, which is in the process of being organized. We're also uh, in regular touch, not only with the different prides across the country, but with the, the umbrella organization of prides called Fierté Canada Pride, uh, which sent us a letter uh, about two months ago saying uh, that they were committed to fighting anti-Semitism uh, on the basis of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism, which was adopted by the government of Canada two days ago, uh, earlier this week, um, and uh, two, the, uh, the Fierté Canada Pride Organization also committed to a position of neutrality on the issue of Israel-Palestine so that all the attempts to ban Jews or to propose BDS, uh, boycott, divestment, and sanctions motions, and all of that would would be on a, uh, would not be accepted. So in Canada, uh, we're lucky that uh, the LGBTQ plus community dedicated to fighting diversity is welcome enough uh, to accept among its diversity Jews and Jews are committed to Israel because whether they like whether our haters like it or not uh, in Canada uh, nine out of ten Canadians support Israel now that doesn't mean and it's important to say that doesn't mean that they support the current government of Israel or or, or the policies of the or current the government absolutely well, it, it, there's a clear distinction and when you ask Canadian Jews and actually did with a report uh, published by York University and University of Toronto about two months ago when they that did a good portrait of, of the Jewish community that the support for Israel and the existence of Israel was seen as central to Canadian Jews identity but it, it was it was also very clear that that did not mean support for the policies of a current government or any government of the state of Israel. Um, so asking Jews, like some groups in the U.S. have done, to choose between their support for Israel, which is part of the identity, and their queer identity uh, is a no-go. Well, it sounds like that um, your organization has been very helpful to bringing together two communities which on the surface should have a lot in common as uh, oppressed communities and who um, should see themselves as natural allies. And for that, the organization should be certainly praised. Um, it also sounds as if the organization recognizes that um, there is a tension among some people about what constitutes identity and whether individuals can have more than one identity. Can the Jewish uh, community of Canada be both identified in their personal lives as LBGTQ and Jewish, or does one have to supersede the other? Um, I'm cognizant that we're running out of time, and so I want to um, thank you for sharing this morning with me and with our listeners. Um, can you remind people listening in Ottawa when the Ottawa uh, Pride Parade is? 
Yes, so the Ottawa Pride Parade will take place on August the 25th uh, here in Ottawa, and they will be on the Friday before, so Friday, August the 23rd, a Shabbat Pride dinner that is currently being organized that will be held at the uh, congregation Keilat Bet Israel uh, in Ottawa, but in the week before there will also be other events, including at Temple Israel, um, and it will show not only that, as you said, that queer and Jews can be allies, uh, but also there's a place for queer Jews to feel comfortable within the Jewish community. And that also is very, very important and should be important for the entire Jewish community. It certainly is important for Sidra. Well, I want to thank you, and I want to thank your organization for Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. This is Rabbi Stephen Garten thanking Richard Marceau of Sija for being my guest this morning. You can listen to a rebroadcast of our show as a podcast on iTunes or on CHRI website. Shalom and have a good day. Behold.